And we're going to look at just a few verses from Romans chapter 5. We're going to speak about God's wrath and God's mercy. Now, I like to be known as a kind person. That's what I want to be known by, somebody who's kind. Some of us may know people that are the angry sort or hard to get along with. Someone may be a happy person. Someone may be a grumpy person, but you rarely hear of someone being described as happy and grumpy. You don't hear someone as being heard of kind and angry. At the same time, it's an oxymoron to say that is a kind, angry man. But God's wrath is merciful towards us. So the title is God's Wrathful Mercy. It doesn't sound like the two fit together, do they? Mercy and wrath like anger and and kindness. But you see, God has a purpose in His wrath and God has a purpose in His mercy. So we're going to look at just a few verses in Romans chapter 5. And we're not going to read all of them. We're going to skip around to a few verses. But if you're taking notes, you can jot down Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 12 and 18 through 21. And that's where we will take the majority of our our verses are from those. Now the question can be asked, if God is a God of mercy, then why did His wrath have to come upon man? If God is a forgiving and merciful God, couldn't He have just shown mercy towards sinners? Did He really have to show wrath as well? Well, we will see here that God is a just God In addition to His wrathfulness and His mercy, He is just in His wrathful mercy. God hates sin. Sin is a punishment for something earned. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 says, These six things He hates, even seven are an abomination to Him. And it lists these these offenses. God hates sin. Sin is an abomination to God because it's against His very nature. He hates it. God does not just overlook sin. God's mercy does not have God just overlook our sin because God hates sin. He despises it. Why? Why does God hate sin so much? Because His law has been broken. Our communion with God has been broken. Our relationship with God has been broken. And God now has this perfect standard. This perfect relationship that was created in the beginning with Adam and God. But that was broken. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, For by one man's offense death reigned. By one. And then in verse 18, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all to condemnation. Adam's offense towards God brought something for all of us just condemnation. Because we are no longer without Christ, we are no longer in that relationship with Him. We are no longer in that beautiful communion with Him that God created in the beginning. There is a gap between us and God. And now there is one standard that is to be met, one way to restore that communion. Perfection. To attain God's glory. 
But Romans chapter 3 tells us we can't do that. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That word short means deficient, inferior. We cannot get there. We miss the mark. We fall short. We will not make it to be glorious as God is glorious. To be in communion with God as He originally created Adam to be. Because we are deficient. We are inferior in our own sinful state. And that was brought about upon us by Adam. And so now we have a nature of sin. By our very nature, we are an offense to God. By our very nature. And I look at the little babies. Everybody knows I love the little babies. Even our precious little babies with their nature are an offense to a righteous and holy God. Because on them too was imputed Adam's sin. To the innocent of them, the babies too, all of us, all, fail to attain to God's standard of glory. But can't God just be merciful and let us slide a little bit? Can't He look over it? God does not. God cannot because that's against God's very nature. God is like a legislator. He's a lawmaker. He's also like a judge, the law enforcement. And He does not either overlook the law or ignore the law. He upholds the law that He has created. He sets the law and He upholds the law. Isaiah 13, 11 says, Thus I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. Just reward for our sin. Payday someday, that old sermon that many may have heard. Payday someday. We're getting what we deserve in God's wrath. His judgment is what we deserve. It is our due reward for our evil life for our sin nature not just for the deeds that we do throughout our lives but for our very nature our just reward is condemnation it's our punishment it's our consequence for what we have done and it's the result of our failure to meet that mark that he says in Romans chapter 3 now we may all agree that Adolf Hitler got what he deserved We may all agree that Osama bin Laden got what he deserved, but did Bob next door, does he deserve that same reward as Hitler and Osama bin Laden? Surely not me. Really? Yes. Me, you, all, everyone. We deserve the same condemnation, the same judgment of those who commit the most egregious sins against humanity. Because we have a nature that is contrary to God. It is our due reward. Our just reward is God's wrath. That is what we deserve. And that is what God will give all mankind is His wrath. God does not overlook sin. It's a punishment earned. The judgment 
that He gives us is nothing more than what we have deserved by our life. Now that sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But isn't God a God of mercy? We hear that. He's a God of love too. Yes, very much so. A very merciful God, a very loving God, and a very just God. And there is one thing that God loves, and it is His name, and it is His glory, and it is His purpose in all things. And when we are sinners, we are an offense to that name of God. But God be praised that our story does not stop right there with His wrath poured upon us who so rightly deserve that wrath. Because God is a God of mercy. Psalms chapter 136, just jot it down, go back and read it. It tells us in the end of every single verse of that chapter that His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Psalm 86.5 says He is plenteous in mercy to those who believe. A beautiful prayer in Luke chapter 1 by Zacharias when he was blessed with John, his son. And he gives a beautiful prayer and praise to God for that gift. But in that prayer, he says that God is merciful through the remission of sins. Oh, there we go back again to that sin. How does God's mercy then come upon those who deserve due reward. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 says, God is abundant in mercy, and He has begotten us into a lively hope. But it's just not a lively hope because God is merciful. There is hope in something, and there is a reason for God's mercy. The rest of that verse says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want us to get confused about God's mercy when our due reward is wrath. A presidential pardon. Someone does something wrong and they get a presidential pardon. Or someone has committed a crime and they've been sentenced and a judge commutes their sentence. These people are not declared innocent. They're still guilty. They've just been pardoned. But they're still a guilty person. When their sentence has been commuted, it's just been shortened, but they still received something for their crime. This is not what God's mercy is. Because those people are still guilty of that sin, or guilty of that crime. They've just been pardoned from their sentence. That is not what this is. Allah, the the God of Islam, and every other false deity that you can think of. To them, mercy is seen at odds with justice and wrath. It does not make sense for their God to be both wrathful and just. So how do they get around it? There are moral laws that can be changed, that can be moved for the moment. In this moment, it was okay in some of Islam's religions to do this, when here it's not. But with us, it's not that way. Our very nature, not just our deeds, our very nature is what has condemned us. It's who we are by our nature. Take the deeds away and we are still condemned. We are still condemned for God's wrath. It's what we deserve. 
Christianity is unique in that God's mercy is shown through His wrath. Now, how does that make sense? God's wrath, His hatred of sin, had to be appeased because God is a righteous and a holy God and He will not welcome in sin to His bosom. So how is His mercy shown through wrath? Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, just the first half of each of those verses. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. There it is again, we're condemned. Verse 19, that one man's disobedience. Many were made sinners. There were made sinners. But God's wrath, God's wrath did not immediately come upon all men, but it was meted out. On the cross of Jesus Christ for His people. And this is how we see where God's wrath is merciful to us. He did not pass over justice for us. He didn't overlook our sins. He could not overlook our sins. His wrath, His justice was demonstrated by Christ's death. On the cross, because at the cross something happened. At the cross, God's wrath for you and for me and for all those that believe was meted out in full upon Christ. Your due reward for your very nature of sin was put in full upon the back of Jesus Christ and upon His hands and upon His feet and upon His brow. What we deserved, our punishment He took upon Him and said it is not their sin because I have washed it away. But God's wrath upon that sin must still happen. It must still be meted out fully for the sin. But Jesus Christ on the cross took yours and mine full, just condemnation and reward for our sin upon Himself. And He declared you innocent. Not a presidential pardon, not a commuting of your sentence, but you are clean. You are whole. He has wiped it clean. God's wrath was poured out for you upon Christ. And God's mercy in that same moment was extended in full To you. God's wrathful mercy at one place. Where wrath and mercy meet at once was on the cross of Christ. He did not overlook. He did not excuse. Because He is a just and holy God. But instead He took your reward, your condemnation, your payment in full. Jesus Christ took it upon Himself. And in that moment, because God's wrath was fully poured out, His mercy was fully given to those who believe. And it is a merciful wrath. Verses 18 and 19 again. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to our condemnation. So by the obedience of one shall we be made righteous. And then verse 20, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound. 
No, verse, verse 18, I'm sorry, I read 19. 18, therefore as by the offense one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so the righteousness of the one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. We were going to get what we were owed. And Jesus Christ took it for you and for me and for all those who believe. So God's perfect mercy was exercised only through His perfect wrath upon Jesus Christ. Paul says, Since you have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus Christ has legally made you innocent. It's not a pardon. It's not a commuting of the sentence. You are an innocent person in God's eyes because His wrath was poured upon Jesus Christ. And He has made you and made me justified in Him so that we are saved from the wrath that is still to come for those who do not believe because we are all Condemned. All are condemned. But for those who believe, we claim hold to the justification of Jesus Christ, the being made cleansed by Him, and we are made whole. God shows mercy in that He imparts His gracious salvation to people whom are lost, who are condemned, and that is where He shows His gracious mercy. He imparts His mercy to those who have no claim on Him whatsoever outside of Jesus Christ. He imparts His mercy and grace to those who have nothing but His mercy and grace. And that is what delivers us from our just reward. But this was only made possible because of His wrath upon His Son who bore our burdens upon the cross and for those who believe in Him. Look in verses 12 and verse 15 of Romans chapter 5. Verse 12 says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And then verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. Through Jesus Christ, you have grace. Through Jesus Christ, you have mercy. Through Jesus Christ, you are made innocent. Through Jesus Christ, you are made whole. And through Jesus Christ, our relationship to God has been fully restored. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53, passages very well known to us. And we will see how this is played out in full. Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, 
have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sins of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked where we should be. And with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. God will be satisfied. He was made satisfied through the travail of Jesus Christ. The travail for you and I when our sins and our iniquities were placed upon Him. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide Him a portion with the great, and He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because He hath poured out His soul unto death. And He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many and made an intercession for the transgressors. Here in this one chapter of the Scripture, we see God's wrath and mercy poured out fully upon Jesus Christ for His people. And we receive ultimate mercy and grace through God's wrath because God was satisfied Satisfied. That means it is complete. God does not see you through that sin nature, the evil desires He sees you through, the travail, the blood, and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. There's no condemnation for you now to those who are in Christ Jesus. God's wrath must have been poured out for His mercy to be poured upon you. And when we are in Christ, when we believe in Jesus Christ, when He opens our eyes, when He calls us His own, there is no condemnation for you. You don't have it lingering over your head saying, I wonder, I wonder when I get to those pearly gates if they're going to bring up that one thing, that one thing, and it will yet condemn me again. God was satisfied. Completely. Completely satisfied. In Hebrews we hear of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that was made once and for all, because it was the only sacrifice 
the only sacrifice that could both bear the wrath of God and pour out mercy upon His people. The end result is this, that by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, everyone who believes in Him, everyone who believes in Him is now saved from the wrath of God. Your sins were paid for. All sin, all sin will be paid for one way or another. And it is either through you receiving the wrath of God upon you, or it is because you have the mercy of Jesus Christ covering your multitude of sins. But all sin, all sin is condemned and will receive the wrath. But Jesus received it for you and for I. God's mercy is given to us in full because Jesus Christ took His full wrath for you upon Him. Therefore, God forbid, Romans 6.14, God forbid that I should glory or boast in anything save the cross of Jesus Christ. In that is our glory, in that is our boasting. Because upon that cross we see the merciful wrath of God in full upon you and upon me and all who claim hold of the victory that is in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we...